This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the Podcast of Champions talk at all things Pac-12 football, maybe Pac-12 scandals, Pac-12 schedule. We took a week off. Any other SC words? I see what you're doing here. Oh, they're you're incepting. All, uh, yeah, this is, it's, it's, I'm incepting. Uh, we took uh, last week off, or I did. I was in uh, Hawaii. Yeah, I didn't take last week off. I was well, here. I, was I actually showed up. Did you? Yeah, I just didn't know how to operate any of this. <laughs> that would be so funny <laughs> if like, I get you, let you in. Like, hey, you have to you know, start a broadcast. Like, you know, like yeah. Like, you'd start like a fire in the corner or something. <laughs> how like, do you open the door? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was in Hawaii for the Polynesian Bowl, and it was great. I got to catch up with uh, Greg Biggins, Brandon Huffman, Blair Angulo. So it was fun to see uh, those guys. I tried to get David to come out with me and check out some of those Pac-12 uh, prospects, no. uh, but he wouldn't do it. No. So, but it's Hawaii, man. It is. It is Hawaii, man. Have you been a bunch to Hawaii or not really? I've been zero times to Hawaii. You've never been to Hawaii? Zero times. Wow. Okay. Zero. That's uh that's a little surprising being a West Coast guy, you know. Yeah, I've been Who loves the beach. I've been basically I think I've been to 40 plus states, but I haven't done Alaska and I haven't done Hawaii. I've not done Alaska. I would love to do uh Alaska. Hey, the, the comments are working. That's great. That's tremendous. That's Alex says smash great. the like button. I love that. Smash it. Cameron is fired up, boys. And uh Mark just says uh hello to uh ryan and david but yeah we want that that like button uh smashed uh for sure and if you uh want to follow us on the twitters you can do it at pac 12 podcast and if you want to send us a question we got a bunch of email questions this week pac 12 podcast at gmail.com is where you can reach us there you can call or text us at 424-532-0678 does it sound like i said texas or text us i don't know i heard text us okay good uh, but I should be clear. I rarely am listening. You definitely do not. Like right. I, I'm going to slip something in about you, you going to jail or something, and we'll just you'll do- and be like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, well, because I got to think about what I'm going to say next. You know, true. That's how normal conversations go. You don't actually listen to the other person. You just think about what you're going to say next. 
I don't think that's how they work. Is that not right? No. Is that is that actually antisocial behavior? We're going to go to communication school. <laughs> is, okay. is that a sign of some sort of mental illness, actually? Yes. Uh, but yeah, we have a, one text, I think, and one voicemail uh, from your buddy Perk. It might have to do with some dead presidents. I'm not going to guarantee anything. But uh, yeah, on the website, uh, Pac-12podcast.com, go over there. You can go over to Reddit. Slash R slash podcast of champions to chat with other POC listeners. But most importantly, as you guys know, you got to go to the Apple Podcasting app. You got an Android? Throw it away. Go buy an iPhone. Go to the Apple Podcasting app. Find the podcast of champions. Leave us a five star rating and some sort of review that could be positive, negative. As long as we get the five stars, that's all we care about. Trash us. Say we're ugly. Say we're, they're terrible. We're stupid. We sound dumb. All those things are true. Go ahead and do that, but it's leave us five stars, and we will love you forever, and read what you have to say. We have two more ones. Two, nice. Two more ones. Two new ones. Not more ones. More ones doesn't sound good. Mm. More, more ones is actually very close to morons. That's true. Which fits. This is from Free Willy. It's a five-star review. Okay. An analysis for the everyman. A not-too-serious review of the Conference of Champions. That reads like it should be like our tagline. Um <laughs> All right, this is from a five-star review from You Know Who, Mr. A Trojan and Bruin churn out mediocre, quote, content for a conference they're about to abandon. I liked these guys a lot more before they became complete corporate shills from my bookie, 247 Sports, Jockey Underwear, Disney, whatever they need to pay the bills. But some of their current sponsorships are getting weird. I don't need a 20-minute infomercial for Build-A-Bear in the middle of the pod. And now David's penchant for soccer is bordering on obsession. This is a football podcast, not a football podcast. Mm. Ryan is too much of a pushover to cut him off, but deciding, uh, but devoting such an inordinate amount of time to the Premier League is just getting old. We get it. You're an Arsenal fan. Honestly, the only reason I haven't hit the unsubscribe button is because this is literally the only way I can get any news on the Pac-12, soon to be Pac-10, as literally no one else covers this dreck of a conference. I like that. It was making things up. It had lies in yes. it. Um, and we still read it. And it was perfect. I loved it. Every bit. Five-star review. I give that five-star review a five-star review. I do love it. Uh, it's a very good five-star review. It is. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, thanks for those. Those are still fun. We have somehow we were blessed with uh, beautifully intelligent and snarky listeners. Maybe they like some of the snark you get on the show. And they write really funny things. We have some, I mean, I would put our reviews up against anybody. It's just the kind of uh, inside jokes. and We should have fun. a review off with various other podcasts. Yeah, like our reviews are going to blow yours away. Yeah, no, our, just, our reviews own. Yeah. They, we and have, it's amazing. It's like three guys writing them all. We have undeservedly, uh, uh, yeah, our, the, yeah we, we don't deserve it, but we have some great listeners. That's it's awesome. Tremendous. I mean, uh, how many Shanes are there in the world? Like, like just. I don't know. I mean, and, uh, like how many of those are Shane? I, that's the real question. Pretty impressive, yeah. yeah. I did. What if so, you made an entire listenership out of one guy, Shane, and he wrote all the reviews? With, a couple years ago, I had, there was this USC, uh, you know, alumni, whatever fan, and he's like kind of a stand-up comedian, restaurateur kind of guy, and he would call in with several different voices and, and leave voicemails for our podcast, like all kinds of stuff. Uh, it was pretty funny. He might have done it for our show here, too. He might have done that. He was like... Jake from Snake Lake, all these weird, uh, he would call in like with different accents and stuff. It was kind of funny. So that was a l legit, like one person leaving a whole bunch of different things. But 
I think we have other listeners. It's not just one. It's not just Shane. No, no. Listeners. We looked at the numbers. There were at least 11 people that listened yeah. to the last show, right? I think so. Yeah. No. We're, our numbers are actually pretty good. I like it. And we're doing uh, simulcasting live on our YouTube channel. We're getting close I'm to giving eight, up. We're getting up. I know. 800 uh, subscribers over there. We got to get to 1,000. So push it through. I subscribe. Would- Subscribe now. Please subscribe. Do and it. Smash that like button like everyone's saying. Yes. On the uh, Do it. Hack into your loved one's Gmail accounts and do it for them too. Mm. That, uh, that might be illegal. Probably yeah, you probably don't want to do that. Yeah. Um but yeah, please like but us do over it anyway. there. It is great. Um we don't we don't have a ton uh for the show today, but we got some stuff. David is coming in, of course, not knowing. I got well, a question for everyone out there. Yeah. They can't answer. Because they can and chat if we're sure. watching live. Um, do you uh, keep your po- your wallet in your back pocket? Oh, I like this. Because Ryan and I were talking about this beforehand, and I think that is a social construct. It's uh, thrown onto us by the man. It has nothing to do show... with the fact that I have a Costanza wallet. Okay, um, this is my wallet. Yeah, and show... this is my Costanza put it right wallet. to the camera. Yeah. Put it, you see put it? it closer to you the camera. Yeah. You see it? Okay. Look at the other way. The other way. It's just... you want? No, no, the. Which way do you want it? Show the, the other way. Turn it around. What, so, what? so you can see the cards coming this way. It oh. makes it look th- there you go. That's what the that's the shot. Like yeah. look at that. Like yeah, yeah. that's crazy. You have okay. a lot of stuff in there. So so it's a big thick wallet. Now, but here's my thing is even when I had a much slimmer wallet in my younger days, I never bought into this whole put it in your back pocket thing. It doesn't make any damn sense. First, your sensation in your butt cheek is a lot worse than the sensation in your upper thigh. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot more sensation up here. Uh, if somebody's trying to rob you, don't you want it in your front pocket? I, yeah, if I'm, like, going walking through, like, some European city, I put it in my front pocket. Right. Yeah. If you're sitting down for a long time, what are you doing with that thing? If I'm in the car for a long drive, I take it out of my back pocket. Right. But me, a philosopher king, I don't have to do anything with it. <sighs> I can just leave it in my pants. You're not some, like, woman with, like, a slim fitting like pants that have like pockets that are just decoration every pair of pants i have has pockets that are like this big throw the wallet in it it'll be fine i could do the so i do phone front right pocket and i'll have like lip balm usually i'll put it in there and then my front left pocket is like my keys so it would be hard to do the wallet and keys in the you, same you have one. two pockets correct yeah one for phone where would you put your phone then do you phone okay in one again pocket? how slim are your pockets i don't want wallet and phone in the same pocket. Why not? I don't know. I guess. It Are you be, worried about the bulge? It would be still thinner than your damn wallet. So I don't know what yeah, the hell. Is yeah. I can fit this thing in my front pocket, and it's fine. <laughs> it's great. It's a wonderful same, experience. Same pocket as your phone. Sometimes. And then I look like I have a tumor, but Wait, it's you fine. change? You don't do it the same time every time? No, no, you no. Are I'm a, I, am a, <laughs> I am a chaos agent. <laughs> I throw them in, and sometimes, I, and that's why I walk out of the house sometimes not having my keys, not having my wallet. Um, but no, you just throw it all in there, and then you walk. Yeah. Quinn's saying uh, keys, wallet, in one pocket. Uh, Quinn, can we get your uh, contact information? Because I'm going to report you to the police. <laughs> Obviously. That's uh, that's no, you can't do that. No, wallet in back pocket is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh, Alex has an interesting um, theory that you are carrying the Communist Manifesto in your wallet. I would assume. No, no, that that stays right here. I've actually got a special <laughs> insert on my uh, on my shirt to make sure it just resides right next um, to my heart. We got a lot of people commenting. It seems like more. We got some back. We got some front. Um, all right. 
But uh, yeah, I. But it's true. Like if I'm going to walk around, like if you, oh, I'm going to Paris, like or wherever, some European country, some city, somewhere, somewhere where you are afraid, you could get your wallet stolen. Like people, yeah, yeah. pickpockets are hanging around. Uh, I guess you go to like a tourist area in L.A. Same yeah, thing. you could walk around literally anywhere and get your shit stolen from your back pocket, and you wouldn't ever realize it. Right. Um, because yeah. you have virtually no sensation in your butt cheek. Hmm. I think you would probably, and probably so you don't have any sensation in your butt cheek from sitting on the goddamn thing all the time. That's true. You're just so big. There was no way they could get it out. Like you wouldn't know. Like yeah, yeah, know. no. This is a weight. Like <laughs> if 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 you remove this from anywhere you're on like my walking person here, and then you start walking yeah, no, here, I'm like something actually, happened. most of this is not credit cards. If you notice, there's a finely layered sense of steel right there. It's just for the weight, you okay. know, just so, to make sure it feels like something. You heard it right then. It was that's obvious. What the hell kind of you have like a library card from high school? I've in got there no, like, but I've got like a bunch of my daughter's stuff. Like I just got her swim card. You know, there's a bunch of shit in here. Gotcha. But All also, right. I'm a I'm a I'm a guy who just like I don't know. Maybe I'll need that. And it's like a AAA card from four years ago. I don't know, man. I mean, AAA cards are are good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, got uh, gosh, I've got I old, bought a slimmer old, wallet, old so. medical insurance that I don't need. I mean, I could probably filter this thing right now. We should make that an episode sometime in April where we'll just clean out my wallet. I would love to do that. And do a little story Kind of go through. Yeah. Uh, do you have pictures in there of your kids? Or no, not? God, no. So all that shit. Well, I mean, except <laughs> for my daughter's swim card, which she took the picture right. like two days ago. But uh, no. No, there are no pictures of anyone in this thing. Well, who knows? Let's see. Yeah. See, no, Matt, no pictures. See, Matt makes a lot of sense here. You know, he's yeah. like, I. oh, wait, sorry, that was the wrong one. Um, where are you, Matt? Oh, oh man, I've got Georgia car insurance. I've got an old check that I never cashed in here. Damn. You have a check that you never cashed? It is like two bucks, but yeah. T- Why do you have a check for $2? I don't know, man. I tried to put Matt's comment up, but I don't think it worked. You ever get those? Oh, here it goes. Keys, earbuds in one front pocket, phone in the other front pocket, wallet in back pocket. I kind of do the exact same thing. If I put my earbuds in there, but I do put, I always have lip balm. I always put that in my, my phone pocket. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, uh. Matt and I are in the same. You just carry lip balm too. I always do. Wow. I don't know why. You don't carry it? No. Interesting. My lips don't get dry like that. I mean, kind of do. So I like. I always have lip balm going. It's because I've got a natural humidifier on my face. Ah, I like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Mark said you're like Costanza uh, on Seinfeld, but you already made that joke. So. Yeah. Sorry, Mark. Yeah. Uh, it was already done. It's a classic. It's it's the Costanza. Yeah. All right. It is getting a little worn though. I mean, it's starting to get a little bit torn. Do you see the people that have the um, – they, like, make a wallet out of duct tape? Yeah, yeah, duct tape wallets. That, that's that's not people. That's an actual business that does that now. And uh, the ones that have, like, the RFD or whatever protection things or – I forget what it is. But some of those look weird and they have, like, a – there's, like, a circle on top of it. So there'd be, like, a – I don't know. They didn't, I, mean, I don't want to put that in my pocket. I want it to be flat. So, uh, okay. Let's, you don't want to talk about this anymore? Uh, we can if you want. No, no, I'm good. I'm Alex good. says, Ryan will do anything to not talk about basketball. USC-UCLA basketball is tonight. Um, I went to the last one. I don't think I'm going to go to this one. Which is funny because it's the home game for USC. Yeah, it's just like whatever. It's actually farther for you. Uh, it, it, mm, no, it's probably about the same to get to Westwood. and Time-wise, but not mileage. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably too. But I don't know. I might go. I might not. We got my. I'm not going. My intern's going. Yeah, you never go. You yeah. never go to these things. Yeah. No. 
Uh, Pac-12 championship, you're going to go, right? I'm uh, bordering on no at this point. <gasps> but if I'll you let you go, know. I don't I, think I'm going to go. I'm going to give you the definitive word next week. I promise. Okay. Um, isn't it going to be? Oh, no, no. It's uh, early March. Yeah. Uh, if you don't go, I don't think I'm going to go. That's sad. You should go. Because that was like the whole point. Like, So we could have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a great time with you in Vegas. I know. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah. I'm okay. glad we're planning our social calendar here on the uh, podcast. Well, why would Champions. we talk about... Yeah, they said we shouldn't talk what about What are we basketball. supposed to talk about today? We have... Uh-huh. That's uh, the breaking news. Um, boom. Jake Dickert gets a contract extension. You might know him as Washington State's former defensive coordinator, now head coach, taking over for the... Uh, non-vaxxed one but yeah they gave him an extension until 2027 isn't it so, just a one-year extension uh that was two maybe or something i don't know i but, think it's like basically a rollover yeah uh they gotta get that offense going because what i saw in the bowl game was it, my eyes were bleeding yep but he was very popular uh, when he took over as the interim um i think he can still do some really good things there gonna Nick, be hard Got to be hard. It's a hard job when uh, Washington and Oregon and Oregon State are all up, yeah. Uh, which appears to be the case right now. Um, but uh, you know they they showed enough last year that you okay, yeah, it's okay. Uh, but that offense was um, big shitty, and also the defense kind of fell apart at the end of the year. Um, and I, I think they have to. I think for Dickert, it's really critical that Cam Ward works out in a big way next yeah. year. Yeah, um, because that—that's I think um, the best thing you could say right now is that the jury is out, um, and you could also make some much less favorable conclusions after year one. Uh, but I think you know you make the kind of um, the bold decision to dump your quarterback and bring in a new one. Uh, that new one has to work out. And you get a pass on the first year, but Cam Ward really needs to work out next year. Like yeah. that offense needs to be, I mean, at least top 40, top 50. Um, and it wasn't this year. It was pretty bad. Yeah, it was seven and six, two years in a row. I know he wasn't the whole, the full coach for 2021. They had, what was it, the Sun Bowl? They're supposed to play Miami and they canceled and they got Central Michigan and ended up losing that game. Um, and then losing to Fresno State. Not yeah. even, I mean, just getting absolutely trucked by Fresno State. Yep. Uh, in the LA Bowl, but uh, what were the be- okay? What were the best wins? Um, at Wisconsin, that was a good win. Um, outside of that, yeah, there wasn't. It was like at Stanford, at Arizona, ASU at home. Like there yeah. wasn't like the Washington win. There wasn't like the Apple Cup win kind of thing that you would like build on. Like the Wisconsin one, but that was so early, you know. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, first full year for Jake Dickert and he'll be there for several, but like you said, it's not easy for Kalen DeBoer to turn it around like that and, uh, win 11 games in year one. You're like, uh Oh, and what did they do? Like they had a really good offense. Their defense kind of sucked. You can't have a shitty (laughs) offense. And that's Washington state kind of had that for a lot of the year. Um, okay. Uh, do you want to do schedule first? Oh, I'm sorry. Should we do the other bit of news, the Pac-12 news, or do you want to do the schedule? Oh, uh, yeah, we can do the, the... the the schedule. We can do like a little bit of analysis, a quick quick gut check wins prediction. But for um, the other piece is just news. Yeah, so news. this is and John Wilner's done a great job um, covering this, and I think why'd you have to qualify it? John Wilner's done a great job. 
We love John. And uh, and you and, didn't need to say anything specific. He's can, just doing a great job out there. He is. Um, Kanzano. I don't know if Kanzano also, had a first. Also, when it came also, out. yep. Juan Gilner. Thoughts. Juan Gilner. Oh, Wilner's just kind of like I'm. Just that's stuck in my head, Wilner. So I don't know if I can go. What about um, uh, Can uh, Canzano? Con Con. Well, Con. I like Can Gonzano. Con Gonzano. I like mine better. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the Pac-12. If you don't know what the uh, sort of potential scandal story is, and uh, Wilner had a bunch of this. We knew in the beginning that there was a network partner that the Pac-12 did an internal audit, and it turns out from what Wilner was reporting. Basically, the Pac-12 did an audit with one of their uh, Pac-12 network partners, who happens to be Comcast, thinking, hey, we're not getting enough money from these guys. And to be fair, the Pac-12 doesn't know the subscriber data for um, Comcast. Comcast keeps that, so they kind of tell you, here's what the subscribers are, and then this is what you're getting. So the Pac-12 doesn't know it. But they're thinking, we're not getting paid enough. Let's do an audit. Well, they do an audit. And they find out not only are you you're you're getting more than you should have been getting five million a year more, and this is back in 2017, um, which is crazy. So you're thinking like, oh yeah, uh, I think you know I should be getting more money. Let's 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 dig into this. And you're like, oops, I'm getting I've actually been getting five million dollars surplus uh, every year. So um, Pac-12 Network President Mark uh, Shurkin, I think he was only around on the job for like three year uh, three months back then. And uh, the CFO, Brett William, um, so they both end up getting fired last week. Uh, they were there. And Wilder goes, goes into some of the reporting, like, did Larry Scott know? Um, did you know, any of the other executives around there know? So it's, it's interesting um, what the happened is. But to do an internal audit thinking like, oh, yeah, we should just be getting more money from Comcast. And they've overpaid the Pac-12 over the last decade. $50 million. So that's $4 million per school. And we don't know how this is going to come out. Um, you know, George Klyovkov wasn't Maybe around. Maybe they'll just be nice and let him have it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wilner was thinking, no. Uh, Wilner was thinking that they're just going to withhold payments for the next couple years. Uh, but if it, so if it breaks it down per school, it would be like $2 million. Each school would not get $2 million over the next two years. Uh, the, and this contract is the exact kind of same timeline as the network, uh, you know, the media rights deal. So the summer of 2024, when USC and UCLA are leaving, that's when this contract with the Pac-12 network ends as well. So it'd be 2 million, 2 million, that basically Comcast is probably going to say, I'm, we're not paying you guys that much. To be overpaying by 5 million seems like a lot. Like, I don't know how much you'd be paying. Like, that seems like a lot to pay. It almost seems like it'd be double what you would be getting. But somehow Comcast never caught it. The Pac-12 caught it and then just didn't say anything about it. And then Comcast figured it out. And now they're like, hey, dude, we've overpaid you for 10 years. Uh, this, I don't know. What do you think about this whole story? It's kind of it's kind of crazy. I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's really funny. Um, like, just goes to show you how, um, you know, these, these mega corporations are not run by the best and brightest. Um, Camp, uh, Comcast, especially. Um, I would say... Uh, if there's anything that's going to kind of break the back of the Pac-12, it's this sort of crap, not the, um, you know, 
not the like nature of a TV deal, but like an actual school like Oregon State or whatever, not getting $2 million the next two years each year, I mean, it does have a significant impact on their bottom line. Yeah. Um, I still don't think it will offset the fact that the Pac-12's next media deal will probably be at least competitive with the Big 12s and probably a little bit more. Um, but certainly not good. Like at this moment to have this kind of a um, – it's not just a PR fiasco. It's an actual bottom line fiasco um, that, of course, isn't Klyavkov's fault. Um, right. But it still, <laughs> it still reflects poorly. Um, here's the real question. If you were Pac-12 executive A or B in this situation, would you have reported it? Yeah, and, that, and I think Wilner... Okay, you're thinking. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, yeah. You have experience with major TV networks as this person, right? And you understand that these people largely running these TV networks are, one, only there for a short time, and two, uh, cretinous climbers, right? So you're probably sitting there thinking, are they going to check this? Because they've been overpaying us for six years yeah, or whatever it is. So are they going to check this? And if they're not, who are we serving here? Like, what's the point? Is I mean, we're cretinous, too. But is it better for the money to come to these, you know, these uh, highfalutin academic institutions or for it to stay with the bloodless, soulless Comcast. <laughs> so I would say, actually, soulless. I would actually say this is like Robin Hood, you know? Uh, yeah, the they were stealing from the, the rich to give to the poor. Uh, frankly, these guys shouldn't have been fired. They should be celebrated. Yeah. Um, so I think if I'm one of those executives, I'm especially Shurkin was like only there for three months. I think you go, you have to give it to the boss, right? And what did Larry Scott say? He said he was not just running the – why was he getting paid more than, like, the SEC commissioner and the Big Ten commissioner? Because he was also a network executive. And so he's the head of all that. So I can't imagine them not telling him this is what's going on. And then it's like this is at your feet and so, you decide. Right, not so to your do. deal would be tell my boss and then yeah. let my boss decide. Okay. And I think that's fair. And then, but if you're Larry Scott in that situation, let's say this buck actually did stop with him. Okay. What are you doing? Are you are you telling Comcast, hey, you guys have been paying us too much money? Or like anybody who's been paid a little bit too much in their final paycheck from a job, uh, yeah, I guess it's just the price of doing business. I'm not coming back to him and saying, okay, here's your $85 back. Yeah, what I are you that's, doing? That's a little different. One, uh, that's a one-time, you know. Okay, whatever. But all right, so they've been ongoing, overpaying <laughs> you five million dollars a year. You understand it's a bureaucratic nightmare to get that money back. You also understand, well, like these schools have spent that money. That money is gone. Yeah. Uh, so what do I do here? What are you doing? Yeah. Tell and me. It, tell me what you're doing, Ryan. I want to know the answer. And uh, and I think I think Wilner talked about this on the podcast that they do. But like, think of 2018. When Larry Scott's trying to sell an executive, you know, like uh, equity partnerships in the Pac-12 network, right? And you're or in, in the Pac-12 conference, and you're trying to make hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever it was. And if you're, oh, by the way, the Pac-12 network is is now, you know, fifty million in debt or whatever. It's like you don't want to like show something's worth less when you're trying to sell like this equi- equity, uh, you know, shares in your uh, in your conference in your network. So. And there, I mean, a lot of people think they're going to sell the Pac-12 network because that contract goes up at the end of next year, right? Well, now if you have to sell the Pac-12 network, it's basically fifty million dollars extra in debt. Like that's 
this isn't good. You know, this is not good for the Pac-12 in general. It's not a good look. I, um, I would say the only misstep they made was doing the audit in the first place. <laughs> because they thought they were getting underpaid. But what, what was the basis for that conclusion? I would love to figure that one out. Yeah, I don't know. Because as you said, the amounts we're talking about, it must have been they must have thought they were getting underpaid significantly from what was already a pretty, I mean, they must have already been getting like five or 10 million per school. You would think, right? And you're like, I, if you're overpaid by 5 million a year. Yeah. So there's no way. So Comcast, you would have to be at least getting for five, that to five feel like 10. a drop in the bucket. It had to have been a considerable, like at least an even amount on the other end. Right. Right. Five or 10 million. So, Maybe they were getting fifteen million. They were supposed to be getting ten, something like that. But you felt you should get twenty million instead of fifteen, or I, I don't know. But really, you're going to get ten. Um, yeah. So a real bad assessment of the situation from whoever decided to do an audit. Um, and yeah, I think at that point you just cross your fingers and hope they don't figure it out. If you don't catch it at the beginning, <laughs> if you catch it at the beginning, then you quickly give the money back because it's worth. You, you yeah. want to avoid the risk. But once that's already accumulated to like $30 million, which is when it is in 2017, I think you just whistle and hope for the best. <laughs> Victimless crime. I mean, who cares about screwing over a cable company? Uh, victim- <laughs> well, now there's a mess, though, to deal with. And you're kind of doing the media rights deal negotiation stuff all at the same time. Not good for public perception. So this was not... Just more egg on the Pac-12's face. I guess. Um, but yeah, they, they've done a great job. Uh, I applaud and, them for trying. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what uh, they're able to do. We want to talk about the schedule, though. So Yes, we, we do. Uh, you don't. I mean, I wasn't here last week, and so... I talked about it. Where? Uh, in my in the podcast last week. <laughs> you came in here and just... Yeah. Did you just come did in Did it not here? record? Was it not I live? <laughs> I was talking into that... Damn camera the entire time. <laughs> I got a graphic of it. Um, you want to send me a link so I'm not like just talking out my butt? Uh, I could send you, like, if you could just Google Pac 12 schedule. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we got uh, the Pac 12 schedule yeah, up here. Uh, let's go through it. each team. We'll just go like in alphabetical order that they have it on the screen because I have like a, a cool graphic here. First, we got Arizona Wildcats. Arizona. Yeah. Uh, middle by eight, week eight. So um, that's pretty good. Uh, they're out of conference schedule. Instead of North Dakota State, you got NAU. Um, they do have to go on the road and play Mississippi State. And they get UTEP at home. So more more manageable than last year. Um, their home slate uh, for the conference, you got Washington. Oregon State, UCLA, and Utah. So you know some tough, uh, some tough games there. And they got road games against Stanford, USC, which is potentially a Friday or a Saturday game. Uh, Washington State, Colorado, and Arizona State. So don't have to play Oregon, but they are playing Washington. Uh, they got to play, the play Stanford. Don't have to play Cal is probably good too. I mean, I think Cal is going to be horrible too, but I think Stanford's going to be next level horrible. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's and you get Washington State and not, I mean well you got Oregon State too so that sucks yeah yeah I mean it's it's not I mean as far as such things go it's okay I mean yeah Oregon State and Oregon uh, are both very good so that's not 
ideal. Um, going at Mississippi State, that's you know probably a sure loss. Uh, but Northern Arizona, they should beat UTEP. They should beat. I mean, I could see it. Um, I could see it going a couple different ways. I think a bowl game is potential. Um, you know, you look at it, and Northern Arizona, UTEP wins. Stanford, I think a win, even though it's at Stanford. Uh, Mississippi State, Washington, USC, Washington State, and Oregon State are all going to be really tough. Uh, UCLA, it's a little bit of a unknown at this point because of the quarterback situation, but I think it'll also be tough. But then you close at Colorado, then you get Utah home at Arizona State. I think they can beat Colorado. I think they might be able to beat Arizona State. And then the real question is, can they essentially steal one against a group of like six schools to get to bowl eligibility? But I think it's on the on on the on the on the horizon for them is potentially yeah. six and six. I think so too. Uh, all right, let's go with uh, next up Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> Put the schedule back up there. What's that first game? I don't know. They're playing some Southern low- Utah. Southern Utah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and have, but you have all the um, out of conference games at home, including Oklahoma State and Fresno State. Both of those games are not going to be easy. Um, and then they play USC right after that at home. So they got four straight home games, but you could be one and three. You know, that's not. Uh, they won't be. Um, wh- whenever you get that sequence of of home games, there's always going to be. So I, I think they've got a decent chance to have a pretty good team this year. I like what Kenny Dillingham's doing in the portal. Um, it's and, better to add a lot of guys in the portal than lose them, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, we, they did. They, they that's lost a common theme. They lost a chunk too, but um, I think they did. But. Last last year was just like lose 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 lose. Yeah, we've seen teams like oh Stanford, Oklahoma. Lose, lose, lose. If you want to talk about a team losing, Oklahoma State. They did. Yeah, yeah I think I think they're going to be favored against Oklahoma State, and they should win that game. So that's I think they'll probably be two and two. Uh, Fresno State's just I mean they're going to be in the post Hainer era, aren't they? Or is uh, he does he have another year? Uh, no, he's. I think he's gone. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's gone. Uh, your pause there was was send my heart a flutter. Um, I, they have a chance, but Jeff Tedford, I think, is a good coach, um, obviously. So that's going to be a tough slate to start out with, but I think 2-2 two and two is reasonable to think. Um, and then it, it eases up. I mean, they've got at Cal in Colorado. It's not out of the question that heading into the bye week, uh, four after and the two. first six games, they're 4-2. and two. Yeah. Um, and then it's just a matter of, okay, can you get to bowl eligibility with a final slate that it's Washington, Washington State, Utah, UCLA, Oregon, and Arizona? Arizona's winnable. For sure, rest of that's very tough. Um, Washington, Washington State, State at home, at home, is, yeah, yeah. So, I think bowl. I mean, I think bowl eligibility is possible, right? The problem is the Colorado game. Like, how good is Colorado going to be? Are there? We just knew this year that there were teams that you could just beat. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of throwing them still into the sure win ca- category for a lot of teams, but okay. they're not. They're not, and um, I think it's just reflexive at this point. But Colorado, we'll get to them in a second. But um, yeah, they've 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 loaded up. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's go to, let's see. Next up, we have California Golden Bears. Back up on the screen for you. They're going to be ass. <sighs> Huge ass. What's that first game? At North Texas. Probably okay. Might lose that one. Uh, Why are you going at North Texas? What are you doing, Cal? You need the money, man. It's, it's like a pay game for them. <laughs> yeah, is it a buy game? Did North Texas buy you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Auburn. That's uh, probably not good. And then Idaho, you know. Yeah, they could beat Idaho, maybe. But that coach was pretty good last year. He almost beat Washington State. Um, so, 
yeah, uh, Cal's just going to be shitty. I don't. I mean, looking at the schedule uh, can tell you one thing, but um, they're just not going to be very good. Uh, they avoid Arizona, and they avoid Colorado, which is so probably not the good. Worst, yeah. Um, so uh, looking at it, I think they're going to be like a two-win team, and Justin Wilcox gets fired. Yeah, they have a week eight bye, and they go. Um, I mean, before the after the out of conference schedule you're on the road at washington you get arizona state at home give her a shot there uh oregon state at home and then on the road at utah before the bye and so i don't know you got like two wins at that (laughs) that's gonna be bad and you finish up with usc oregon washington state stanford and then ucla yeah they can beat stanford they can beat idaho who else are they beating what else are you throwing in the win category yeah um i mean potentially arizona state North Texas, I guess. I, I know North nothing Texas. about them. I mean, you could beat Stanford. You could beat Washington State. We don't know. So four and eight, maybe. What's yeah. the high end? Do you think this is going six and six in any I don't, any uh, reasonable scenario? Not in not on paper right now. No. You know. Um, okay. Let's next up. We've here's oh. a good good rule of thumb. If a guy wasn't hired two years ago and you can't game out a scenario where they reasonably get to six and six, that person should be fired. That's a very that's a very good point. Um, if you're looking at the thing and going. How are they going to possibly be any better? Like, because they've like Jake Plummer comes in, looked okay at times, gone right. Like, what do you do? Like, <laughs> and, and he wasn't Jake Plummer; he was Jack Plummer. Jack Plummer, sorry, that's the thing. Jake the Snake. Jake Plummer. Okay, next up we've got Colorado Buffalo. Yeah, this is like the hardest schedule in America. I was reading Coach Prime. <laughs> but one of the things, just in general, let me. Um, before we we're, let's talk here real quick, just in general, um, I feel like the Pac-12 thought about the schedule creation. This isn't like five years ago when Larry Scott just went into a computer and it didn't matter if you had back-to-back Friday road games and they had a, your opponent had a bye against a rival, like none of that stuff. You felt like. A lot of the schedules are sort of backloaded where you're going to create these great matchups. I think the Big 12 has been doing this really a good job of that for years where you have, there's good matchups, same weekends, you know, later in the schedule with the teams that you think are going to be good. And Colorado's got so much momentum, they're like front loaded. And I think, you know, that's probably done with intention. And uh, I think that's probably a positive thing that while, you know, if if Colorado's like oh, it's 6 or something or I, mean, I don't think they're going to be that, but you know, it's going to be harder to get hyped up for Colorado if they're two and seven later in the season. But the beginning of the season, you're going to want to see them no matter what. And they got a lot of marquee games. And I think you can get a bunch of eyeballs on them early on. You know, know, I think about it a little bit differently. Okay. Uh, I think they were mad at him for talking about the ASU game. (laughs) Okay. That was the other thing. So I, Adam Munster Tiger messaged me after this. It's come out since then, but um, this was, they applied for a waiver and didn't get it. Um, so it wasn't that they were mad at coach prime. Um, they were trying to actually, I think the USC schedule comes into this too, because USC was going to play like 12 straight games again. Right. They got a waiver to move it up and they could have actually moved some other things around if Arizona state and Colorado got their game moved up, but the NCAA said no. So that's not happening, but it wasn't, uh, they were mad at coach prime. They were mad at him discussing it. Um, yeah, the schedule's uh, very, very hard. Um, at TCU, uh, TCU, they just played in a big game. Um, was it the uh, like Peach Bowl or something? It was or something was it? like that. It was something uh, like that. Oh, the, the Chick Fil A Bowl. Uh, um, yeah. 
I oh, mean, they, they got smeared. The national championship like, game they were they in? They got smeared into oh. a fine paste. Um, but they played in that game nonetheless. Uh, they play Nebraska. It's going to be in a little bit of a rebuild under uh, Matt Rule, but um, always uh, have some talent. Uh, and Colorado State, which, you know, whatever. At least they're a group of five. Um, and then it's at Oregon. Uh, they get both Oregons this year. Um, they avoid Washington and get Washington State, so that's good. Um, they avoid Cal and get Stanford, which is also like on the margins, probably good. Um, but it's not an easy schedule. Um, I I don't know what's reasonable to expect. This is one where it's kind of like Arizona. They're going to be better, obviously, but how much better are they going to contend for a bowl game or are they going to be like four and eight better? Um, and I think right now looking at the schedule, I'd say four and eight. I I think they beat. They'll steal one they shouldn't. Okay. Um, you know, maybe it's they beat both Nebraska and Colorado State, and it's like, oh, wow, they've really got some momentum. They're 2-1 and one coming out of non-con. And then they lose to Oregon and USC, but maybe they, you know, beat ASU and then beat Stanford. Um, and they've got four at that point, but then they end with four. I don't know. I think there's a scenario where they end up 6-6, six and six, but I think there's also a scenario where it's like 3-9 and nine and kind of disappointing. And then, so we've seen teams kind of turn around, go into the portal. They've hit the portal very hard. It's definitely going to be a more talented team, but there's a lot of issues there beyond just the players. And um, I don't know. It might be one of those things where they could surprise somebody and beat someone you don't expect. I think they're going to run a 1-1-10 uh, defense. <laughs> All DBs. Yeah, just nothing but cornerbacks, but they're all going to be really good cornerbacks. Right, not tacklers, but they cover well. Oh so, my god, yeah! If you so throw you on, them, on them, if you throw bit. on them, you're done. You um, just never will. Yeah, they got a couple Friday games. The Stanford game at home is Friday. Washington State later in the season is is Friday. But you know, Nebraska. You're talking about two teams that hired like high profile coaches. You know, you got Matt Rule on one side, Coach Prime on the other. Um, I mean, but to open conference play, Oregon USC, like, they'd get penalized a lot running a one one ten defense. <laughs> <laughs> <It'd> probably be. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's true. Uh, too many men on the field. Again, like, coach, what's up? It'll feel know. like a one one ten. All right. Yeah. <laughs> for your shit. Nice. Okay. Uh, next up, what are we doing next? We have Oregon Ducks. Duckies. Yep. There uh, they are. Portland State. Yep. Texas Tech on the road and Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, I think Texas Tech's decent enough program, uh, yeah. but Oregon should sweep through that. Um, you know, if they don't, a bit of a problem. Uh, it sets up really well for them to be 5-0 and heading into Washington right after the bye week. They get a bye week right before. Um, a little bit early. This is the earliest bye week we've seen so, so far, week six. Yeah. So, it's reasonable bye week. Yeah. So, I mean, it sets up for them to be 5-0 and at that point and national contender, the whole deal. Um, so that's the, – the, and we'll see with Washington's schedule, but I think that's setting up for that to be a true marquee game that's going to be, you know, national, uh, national considerations, um, you know, game day, that sort of stuff. Yeah, that that Washington game is in week seven, and it's also, um, what was the week? Uh, so USC plays Notre Dame that week, and uh, I think there was one other big one. Um, but anyway, yeah, that, that's a that's a big week. Uh, both teams 
are playing it after a bye. So Washington and Oregon both get a bye. Um, so that's good for the conference. And the way the later part of the schedule goes, it's you're not seeing Oregon have to play like back to back of the you know the conference favorites. Um, you know, coming out of the bye, you get Washington. Uh, then you get Washington State. You know, and then Utah uh, on the road, which you know not going to be easy. Cal at home, okay. USC at home, then Arizona State on the road, and then Oregon State. So, you know, Washington, you get a break, then Utah, you get a break, and then USC, and then you get Oregon State. So I like the way that's sort of set up for Oregon later is that you are you have a tough game followed by a little bit easier one, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at it, I would say, um, you know, they avoid UCLA, um, which is probably not great. And they don't get Arizona. They get Arizona State instead, which is probably a wash. Um, yeah. So, I mean, looking at it. I, I, mean, mean, I a, like its spacing, though. It's yeah, the spacing good. is good. Um, I think it sets up for them to go at least 9-3. and three. Yeah, I mean, I would say 9-3, 10-2 sure. Um, and it's it's one of those things where week seven, if they're 5-0, and oh, and beat Washington, like, I mean, they're probably going to be a top five team or something, right? And it's kind of sets things up that way, that if they take care of business on the road to Texas Tech, like, just like we had this year, you there was a lot of Pac-12 teams that were ranked high, and it was great. And mostly it was because you had, you know, five or six good teams and then five or six crappy teams. Um, but this way, I think the schedule kind of might work out a little bit so you can get a little bit momentum early on. Um, and they don't they don't have that. Georgia game, you know, you got Texas Tech. So just go win that one. Don't, don't, don't like lay an egg against Texas Tech. Yeah. yeah. Um, like Utah did against Florida last year. Exactly. Okay. Uh, next up, we've got Oregon State Beavers. The big overarching conversation that we all have to have is how is DJU, uh, who started many games in the ACC, going to handle the step up in competition going to the Pac 12? Yeah. San Jose State right out of the gate. Come on. Right out of the gate. It's got to play San Jose State, UC Davis, and San Diego State. These are the pride of the two California university systems. <laughs> you've got you've got two CSUs in the first three games and a UC. That's a lot. That's tough to handle. Um Look, uh, looking at the schedule, I think they're 3 and 0, no question about it. Um and then Pac-12 stuff always gets weird, but Sort of like with Oregon, they'll be probably four and zero heading into a big matchup with Utah, yeah. um, where you know that will decide some things as to whether this is a real contender or whether it's not. I, I kind of think they are. And looking at you know who they avoid, they avoid USC. You know, it's UCLA instead of USC, and it's UCLA at home. And that Utah fr- is if, a Friday game. Week even if five. UCLA is as good as they were this year, that's a really winnable game for Oregon State at home. Yeah. Um, so I, I like this for them. Uh, they've got a back-to-back roadie, uh, which is not great, at Arizona, at Colorado, which takes two very winnable games and makes them much more difficult than they otherwise would be. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's it's not too bad. Um, they do have uh, six road games. Um, that's always worth noting. Um, so you know that they didn't they didn't schedule themselves any favors by having to go at San Jose State, but it's San Jose State. You should be able to win that one. Yeah, uh, it's not it's not going at Fresno State. Um, so 
I don't know. I look at it, and again, I see a, a, a schedule where we're going to predict one thing, and Oregon State is probably going to outperform our expectation yet again. Unless I pick them to go like 10 and 2. 11 like and 1, like you did this year. I said 10 and 2. Whatever. I don't remember. Uh, they have two Friday games. The Utah game is big, week five. That's a really big one, obviously. And then uh, the rivalry game with Oregon, uh, week 13. That's also a Friday game. But Washington, Oregon, back to back to end the season. Um, that's going to tell you a lot, right? Oh, yeah. Right at the end. So, uh, yeah, beefs. They should be good again, uh, which is great. Speaking of teams that are going to be good, this isn't one of them, but I was just mentioning that. Stanford Cardinal. You must have been talking about Hawaii, their first opponent. Hawaii. Teams that are going to be good? No? Mm. No, probably not Hawaii either. Probably not so. Uh, Stanford could lose to Hawaii in the opener. It's on the road. It's on the road. They don't have a stadium still. Like I drove by, like... Aloha Stadium, which is like condemned, right? And they're built. They're aren't they building one? Is Hawaii football? I think they're building their I don't stadium. Know, man. Uh, let me. Look. I'm going to Google that. You, okay, you keep going. Well, anyway, uh, Stanford's going to be horrible. It really doesn't matter what their schedule is. They've got one win on here, maybe in Sacramento State. But the thing is, Sacramento State is one of those like you know decent, um, uh, whatever they're in FCS. Uh, didn't they just take the coach? Isn't that who their coach is? Sac State's former head coach, Troy Taylor. Troy Taylor. Yeah, get... and now they're playing him this year. Nice. It's weird. Let me put that up there. I got his picture somewhere. Um, yeah, I remembered Stanford hired a coach this year, this week. You didn't yeah. last week. No, time. I did not remember last week or two yeah. weeks ago, whenever yeah. that was. Um, yeah, Stanford's horrible. Uh, I don't know if you can really analyze their schedule without acknowledging that they're going to be horrible. <laughs> this is going to be a very bad year for them. Uh, hopefully, it's the start of a long rebuild, but... Um, they're they're in trouble. Like that's it's going to be like two and ten again. Yeah, Hawaii is in some temporary stadium, and I don't think their new stadium is going to be ready until like twenty twenty six. So this is like okay, cool. Yeah, yeah you're going to be playing on like a grass field. Uh, well, they do the po- like- so when I go there, we used to do the Polynesian Bowl. Did you ever cover that or no? Oh, you've been in Hawaii, so you have not. Um, yeah, keep rubbing it in. I didn't know, but they do it, and you could have come for work and write it off. Tracy would have paid for you to go to Hawaii. Come on, I don't man. know. Yeah. Uh, but you go, and uh, it was at Aloha Stadium, which is an absolute dump, as you know. Now they're playing at Kamehameha High School, which is a really nice high school. It's got like a 270-degree ocean view from like their high school football field. But it's not like a stadium stadium. I don't know where the temporary one for University of Hawaii is, but it's uh, it's small. It's the smallest in FBS. and uh, It doesn't matter. Stanford they- could lose that game because they're bad. It doesn't matter where they're playing. Yeah. They could. They might lose to Sac State at home. They're gonna be really bad this year. They got uh, two Friday games: the opener, Hawaii, and then. Uh, this is what you Colorado. do with a bad team: you stick them in really bad spots too. Yeah, they end the season Notre Dame at home. Yeah, this is what you don't do. You don't give a bad team gift wins. That's a good scheduling move. Yeah, put stick them on Friday nights. All right. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to the Zodiac Killer, but I don't think Stanford's going to be, gonna be really bad again. They're going to be bad. That'll be the one thing. Like even if we screw up, we did a pretty good job predicting this this season, um, this last year. If we screw it up this year, we're probably going to get the Stanford one correct. All right. Next up, we're going to these LA schools. UCLA Bruins. Yeah. So UCLA um, has an early buy after. Uh, September basically the last weekend of September they're they're on a bye and then they play eight straight games um it's a really easy schedule again not quite as easy as this year but um 
Coastal Carolina at home. I mean, that's a been a dangerous program, but UCLA should still be comfortably favored at home. NC Central is an FCS. They should, and, and not a good FCS. Uh, they should uh, have no trouble with that one. Uh, at San Diego State, I mean, it's given them some slight trouble in the past, but uh, UCLA should be able to win that one. Um, and then it gets into conference play. Um, they finally get off the Washington-Oregon slate, and they take on Washington State and Oregon State. Oregon State, as we talked about, is pretty good, but getting Washington State instead of Washington is ideal. Uh, and it's at home. Um, I mean, eh, they've got a back-to-back roadie. They got stuck with that Oregon State and at Stanford, but it's Stanford. Yeah. Um, so that's not the end of the world. Uh, but almost it, a buy. Almost a buy. Um, and then it's Colorado at home at Arizona. Um, Colorado, as we talked about, could be a lot better at Arizona. Shouldn't be a cakewalk after all. UCLA did lose to them at home this year. Sorry, did my volume change? Mm. Did it go up a little bit? Wait, no, UCLA didn't lose to Arizona, right? There was a close game or something. <laughs> they lost to Arizona? Yeah, just before the UCLA-USC game, actually. Jeez. Yeah, I know. Interesting. They lost that one, too. Yeah, they sure did. They sure did. Uh, but anyway, I mean, looking at it, 8-4-ish, uh, and 9-3-ish, and three-ish, something like that. I would say the same, yeah. Yeah. But what's the... I mean, I know we're not joking about scuttlebutt of the contract extension and the Chip Kelly stuff, but like if it's like back to if it's a back to back nine and three, there's you- a lot of factors playing into it now. Um, getting Dante Moore, um, uh, starting you're going to start probably start a true freshman at quarterback this year. I think if they go eight and four, I don't think there's any way they're getting out from under Chip Kelly. Um, because he can say rightly at that point, well, we've got a freshman quarterback. He's going to get better, and we're going to be really good next year. Yeah. Um, so I, the only way is if the wheels really come off um, it, for you know UCLA to be done with Chip Kelly after this year. That's my my just like Plus read of it like, at this point. And your trans, then it'll be a transition to the Big Ten the next. Yeah, and know. I think that that might present. Uh, 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 if UCLA is interested, they could look for a lot of escape hatches, um, and that might present a good opportunity. But I just have a hard time seeing it. Knowing UCLA, knowing the politics around it, like are they really going to fire a guy who goes eight and four with a freshman quarterback? Yeah, I don't think so. Probably not. Um, and looking at this, the wheels would have to come off to do a lot worse than eight and four. All right. Uh, next up, we have USC Trojans. Yeah. Uh, you guys start in August. So they have a week zero game. And I'll just give you kind of quick background. Um, they have the longest stretch nine in a row because they have a week three bye. Originally in week 13, they're supposed to have BYU. BYU goes to the Big 12. They have to cancel that game. So it's hard to get someone to fill in a week 13 game. That was the beauty of having BYU around. No week 13 game. It would look like they were going to take where their bye was in week three and put in San Jose State. So then you would have 12 straight games, which kind of sucks. Um, in this case, they were going to have 10 because they were have a week three bye. And it's because of the Stanford, Notre Dame, USC kind of thing. But they at least would have had a bye week three. Once BYU canceled, now you weren't going to have a bye week three. You were going to play 12 straight games and have a bye week 13. They did... Apply for I, and, and maybe I was, you and your irrelevant Midwestern friend can stop being so precious about having the at Notre Dame game in October. What about well, that? You don't have to worry about that anymore because they're joining the Big Ten. But um, whatever. But uh, that was the thing. 
And I was told by USC people that the Pac-12 was actually, so for anyone that's out there conspiracy that they were trying to screw, that I was told the Pac-12 was very accommodating. They tried to do whatever they could. The solution they came up with was ask for a waiver and play San Jose State in week zero. So at least you have some sort of buy. Um, and they do. So they play three I weeks. I mean, it's a really stupid schedule. Like they got, they got, I don't even think they got screwed. I just think they got the dumbest possible schedule. It's pretty dumb. But the, the thing is that's controversial is now you have a buy in week 13 that they've had a couple of times before. But there's no game, right? That's your last game. But if you're in the Pac-12 championship game, say they make it again and say they play like Oregon or Washington, Oregon or Washington are coming off, uh, you know, Washington would be coming off a short week. Uh, Oregon is Friday to Friday because they're playing Oregon State. But say it's Washington. Washington has six days and USC would have 13, you know. So you would have an advantage probably over whoever you're playing in the championship game. But you also have to get through nine straight weeks. That includes, you know, uh, ending with Washington, Oregon, UCLA, you know, Utah, Notre Dame. <laughs> I mean, starting with two road games back to back. Yeah. So there's there's sort of a mix, but like if you if USC happens to make it, they get through that, and you're Washington. Are you pissed if Washington makes it? They're like, we have a Saturday game, then a Friday game, and USC's got a week off. You know, so. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts on that are, but I know some people kind of get upset. Yeah, I mean, it would have been uh, the only way is to move around Notre Dame, um, and that's just not done. Uh, but moving them into September somehow, getting them to finagle their schedule uh, a little bit more would have been the only way to avoid it. Yeah, and I don't know if they can do yeah. that either. But yeah, so they're, they are backloaded um, to go Notre Dame, Utah, Cal, Washington, Oregon, UCLA. Like, that's a five-game stretch that's not going to be... Yeah, good news. All right, so good news, only five road games. Um, all the non-conference opponents are at home. All the non-conference opponents... Oh, well, no, sorry. Notre Dame's Notre on the Dame's road. Notre Dame's on the road. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not super easy. Yeah, uh, but only five road games? Hey, oompa. Um, I was I was throwing Stanford in the non-conference already because they're, you know, they're not going to be in the Big Ten. Um, they're going to be in the Mountain West of the Ivy League. Um but uh, San Jose State and Nevada are both cupcakes. Um, Stanford's a cupcake. Should be 3-0 and uh, heading into that bye week. Yeah. Um, the question is, are they going to emerge from ASU and Ca- and Colorado? Are they going to emerge with a with a kind of a shake-up loss is the real question. Because it's back-to-back, back-to-back road, road games. games. Yeah. Um, and that's if – I'm, If I'm and... eyeing a concerning situation, it's one of those two games. Because those are going to be, for those two programs – Early like litmus test, yeah. early Super Bowl, early. We're gonna have all the fans out. We're gonna go crazy for this game. It's gonna be all that kind of vibe and and hype. Now Colorado will have it a little bit with Nebraska, uh, but this will be, I think, even more than that because uh, I think you know Dion's gonna understand that while Nebraska matters to Colorado fans, USC matters to football fans. Yeah, um, and so I think they're gonna get both of those teams' best shots. They both come on the road. That's tough. Um, but once you get past that, I mean, I don't think Notre Dame's going to be any good again. I think Arizona and Utah. I Notre mean, Dame got like the best quarterback transfer in the country. So I don't think they're going to be any good again. Okay. Um, and then Arizona and Utah. Arizona they should beat at home. Utah they probably will be favored at home. Uh, Cal's, and then, and Cal's then, bad. Cal's bad. Uh, Washington at home will be a fun game. Um, and then it closes. You know, at Oregon is going to be a very very tough game. And the thing is. So both of those two opponents, or I mean, I mean they play two of the opponents that I think they're very likely to play again in the Pac-12 championship game in Washington and Oregon 
in the like preceding weeks, which is going to be interesting. Yeah. They'll have 13 days to dissect that very recent film while Oregon and Washington <laughs> are doing um, uh, some very tough games. But um, yeah, it's a difficult schedule. It's a little bit of a gauntlet um, with a couple of road games, nine straight games. Um, but then they do get that week off. If they somehow emerge, uh, they'll. I think you'll have to say that's an advantage heading into the championship game. Yeah, if they can, they, it's just it'll you be harder emerge. to emerge. Yeah. But if you do, you have an advantage. Um, yeah, they did in 2017. They had that bye week and they beat Stanford. I think, uh, or was it? I think it was that. All right, we got Utah Utes. Yeah, uh, Utah has a, a <laughs> bit of a challenging start to the season. Uh, they get Florida at home, which should be a win legitimately that should be a win this year beat it, the damn gators at it's, home it's not in florida it's at home they should beat florida it could be thursday or saturday but, which is kind of weird then they gotta go at baylor yeah, who's, the, who's designing these damn schedules for utah yeah um at baylor like get you, the damn win what are you doing but like seriously at this at this late stage in in everyone's time as a college football fan what are you doing scheduling two power fives in your non-conference slate Nobody does that anymore. Don't do it. It's bad news. Hmm. Uh, at Baylor will be tough. What Weber State will be easy. Um, looking at the uh, the just the the run of of games, uh, they do have back to back away games, which is interesting because they only play five. Uh, so sort of like USC, they only play five, but they still manage to get them back to back. Yeah, uh, Washington and Arizona back to back in November. Um, not ideal. No one has back to back road like shitty games like you know tough games at least that i've seen i mean so at washington's tough and at arizona is not a cakewalk right i mean but it's not if it was like at washington and then at i still remember you know, 2013 where ucla had to go back to back at stanford at oregon oh that was insane terrible. yeah and that was like peak oregon and peak stanford right and it was peak jim mora and they just got their asses handed <laughs> to him by both teams well, that was like the Larry Scott just randomized schedule. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, whatever happens, you know. Like, whatever happens, happens. Oh, back to back against the two best uh, teams in the. No. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, Utah should be pretty good again. Uh, and looking at the schedule, they avoid um, they avoid Stanford, which isn't great. Mm-hmm. And they avoid Washington State, which isn't great. It's a tough schedule. Definitely tough. I mean, you have Washington and Oregon on your schedule. Um, they play on Washington on the road. The, the battles with the Ducks have been good. Um, you know, just kind of going back and forth, but SC Oregon back to back, um, you know, at Washington late in the season, just get through that BYU game. Uh, I mean, BYU get through the Baylor game, um, take care of UCLA at home. And if you're four and oh, going into that Friday night, uh, road game against Oregon state, that's going to be good. And that's going to be, I think it's important for the conference for that to sort of happen, you know? Um, UCLA early on, if you've got a freshman starting quarterback, you're going to learn nothing be... from this past year, are you? What do you mean? Nothing. What? They're going to lose to Baylor. They're going to lose to Baylor, and they're still going to be a playoff contender because all they have to do at that point is win out. Yeah. But that's the thing. You just have to win out, which is a really hard thing to do, but other programs do it. True. So if Utah is good enough, they're going to lose to Baylor because it's in Waco. It's going to be a very, very difficult game. It's going to be a very, very difficult atmosphere, and it's a good program. They're just going to lose that game. But then, you know, can they sweep through the remainder of the slate? And that's the real question. And if they can, then they're good enough. They'll make the playoff. And if they can't, they weren't good enough. They won't make the playoff. Yeah. Uh, week six by Friday game against Oregon State, like we mentioned. Potential Thursday game against Florida to start the season. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, you end the season at home against Colorado. We'll see. I think yeah. it's you know. I yeah, think they'll go like nine and three again. They got a good shot to be to be better, but I I really think it's important to beat Baylor early on. Just you know, it helps the whole conference if that that happens. No, it doesn't. Oh, we got two. It certainly does. Two left. Washington Huskies. <laughs> I'm getting ornery here at the end. You can hear. I love it. it. Um, yeah, Washington. Uh, their bye week comes after uh, September. Uh, it's the first week of October. Uh, they also have a pretty tough slate. Um, so Boise State, Tulsa. Um, what's interesting about that is there is no FCS. Uh, they are not playing an FCS this year. Uh, Boise State uh, rebounded a little bit last year. I still think they're probably on a slight um, you know, decline as a program, um, but still a tough out. Uh, Tulsa, who I mean, who the hell knows? Who cares? Uh, at Michigan State, is going to be a different animal than Michigan State at home, but Mel Tucker really hasn't set the world afire there. Um, look, if they can come out of that slate three and O, oh, I think you're once again talking, you know, this is a team that can really, really do something. Um, they do get stuck with a back-to-back roadie, but again, uh, at Stanford is, uh, is part of that back-to-back roadie. Um, so that's technically a, a buy, technically a buy. <laughs> Uh, but then it's at USC. It's, a, it's like a vacation. Like but then it's to, at USC. You're uh, like, we're going to go to the Bay Area this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that will be a slight challenge. But overall, I mean, okay, so they avoid UCLA, which isn't great. Um, and they avoid Colorado, which is probably not great. Um, so that's the ding. You know, you're not getting, you know, in aggregate. They had a what, really easy schedule you know, this past year. So yeah. This is... So this is actually ideal. You'd want this in year two versus year one. Yes. Um, and so it might've been the difference of a couple of wins last year. Uh, and now we'll see if they have built enough, especially defensively uh, to be able to kind of withstand that and get back to, you know, and I think looking at the schedule, get back to like nine wins this year. And I think you've got to feel really, really good um, if you're a Washington fan. And if you do anything more than that, you, you feel ecstatic. Yeah, and if you're if you're good, if Washington's good, good, like we think they can be good, good, um, you know, you get that road win against Michigan State, you go into the bye week undefeated, right? Five and zero, oh, that'd be awesome. And of course, the Oregon game is enormous after that. And if somehow you're still, you know, say you're seven and zero, oh, or you know, seven and one, or whatever, going in to finish the season, you know, on the road at SC. If you get a win there, that's huge. Then you got Utah at home, Oregon State on the road, and then Washington State. I mean, that's a – if you have, like, a really good record going into that stretch, every game you win is just going to build build on that credibility. So, But it's not going to be easy. Those last four games are tough. Yeah. Um. So, but that – I yeah, I, I think it sets up well. And you're going to get a lot of respect, um, especially late in the season, if you get through the early parts and maybe you get that win against Oregon or if that's your only loss. And then you start beating like if you're you know so what would that be five, six seven so you're like seven and one and you only lose to Oregon say, um, but you beat SC and you beat Utah like you're not you know nine and one with that only lone loss to Oregon, um, you know you're a top six seven team I think at this point right or or more so. Do you want to know how many? All right, so in eight years as a head coach between Sioux Falls, Fresno State, and Washington, do you want to know how many losses? Uh, Kalen DeBoer has averaged per year. Ooh. So what were the schools he was at? Fres- Sioux Falls, Fresno State, and Washington. Okay, so he had two. For, uh, I'm going to see it's averaged like three and a half losses. Per year? 
Yeah. 1.3. What? 1.375, I should say. 1.4. So it brought this, this year brought his average down? They went undefeated three times at Sioux Falls. Oh, okay. Well, that... Uh, and they had three. He had three total losses in his time there. But uh, even as, even if you narrow it down to uh, just a pure you know FBS level head coach, uh, he's twenty three and eight, um, and rebuilding two programs, one of which was in the COVID year. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't lose a lot of games. Is my point. True. So, yeah, I mean nine and three. I mean that that'd be kind of par for uh. For the I would at this point, yeah, but that that. The last game, I mean, and Michael Penix has not been healthy, you know, a lot. In his yeah, group. you're going to see a healthy Penix this year. If it's, but you get hurt late, like if you're, if he's hurt, like week seven, eight, something like that, how are you going to finish off the, you know, the season against that tough schedule? So, I don't yeah, know. that's a great question. All right, one last one Washington State Cougars. <laughs> Washington State, uh, they take on the pride of Colorado at Colorado State, and then they get northern Colorado at home. Uh, that's a weird one. Here's the big news. Uh, can we get a, a breaking news alert? Yeah, we can. Uh... For the first time in, I think, 175 years, they will be hosting an FBS program at home in the non-conference slate. How crazy is that that that's never happened? <laughs> I mean, it's happened. I just don't remember when we got that stat. Remember when we had that? Um, yeah, Wisconsin uh, is coming to the Palouse on September 9th. That will be a fun, fun, fun game. Uh, their bye week is uh, the last weekend of September. Um, again, the schedule uh, they don't take on USC, um, and they also avoid Utah, so it sets up a little bit easier. Not bad uh, for them. Um, and the non-conference, you know, getting I mean, Wisconsin. That's the best you could miss, right? From, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, not having to go at Wisconsin, they beat Wisconsin on the road last year. Uh, they should be three and zero after the non-conference uh, is done, and then it's you know it's a question of how they do in conference again, and a lot of it's going to depend on Cam Ward and the development of that offense. Um, but it's a relatively easy slate. I think getting back to seven and five should be in the cards. I think so. Um, it's that early, you know, that early before the bye week, playing uh, Oregon State at home. Uh, you know, not going to be easy road games against UCLA. And then you get, uh, Arizona at home. You gotta, you know, those three conference games around the bye week, like go two and one. And then I think you got a good shot kind of finishing off. Cause the, you know, on the road at Oregon is not going to be easy on the road at Washington's not going to be easy. And then taking care of those teams that like, can you separate yourself from the teams that were really bottom dwellers last year? Cause you yeah. have Arizona state on the road, Stanford, at home, Cal on the road, and then Colorado at home. Those four teams are all like were those beatable teams, very very beatable from 2022. Yeah, and how, I, how do you do against them? If you go two and two, that's not good. Like you should, yeah. you know, that's a three one four and zero oh thing, and then you're a good team if you can do that. Well, and what I didn't like last year was how Washington just kind of dominated them in the Apple Cup too. I yes. think for Washington State, a huge thing with that game is just how are you going to put pressure on Phoenix. Uh, can Washington keep Phoenix clean? Um, and if they can keep him clean, you know, is he going to be able to just deliver balls, um, you know, all over the field and just kind of spray over Washington State? <laughs> Jesus, you haven't had a, you haven't had an opportunity for like that in a while. Yeah, um, yeah. You mean for uh, incisive analysis of Washington, Washington State football? Exactly. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I just put a picture up of, of Penix for everybody out there. All right, well, that's the uh, 2023 schedule. Any thoughts overall? Like, God, no. We just gave our thoughts for like 40 minutes. Let's go through each team again and say where we think the trap game is. Oh, God. Where, no, I'm just kidding. Um, why don't we take a break? And we got, we got some questions to get to. So back in a minute. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Wait, how did we go over an hour doing that? Uh, it was interminable. Yeah, you were like, "That's gonna take us like five minutes." I'm like, "You've met it would, us." Before. It would have, it would have been a just world. Gotcha. All right, got a voicemail for you. Oops. Oh, that's all that downloaded. Okay. Um, so that's not working because his. This has happened a couple of times now in the last couple of weeks where. His, his voicemail came through, but then it didn't show up in your little download thing. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to check on that. So it was a, I think it was asking about, um, and then you didn't save the text, so I don't even, I can't even look up what you were. I deleted doing. it. Oh, uh, I'll, uh, I'll pull it up real quick. It was, I think it was Lyndon Johnson, is what he was. Oh, okay, I'll just answer a question about Lyndon Johnson. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, he said, let me pull it up. Uh, Dave, if you've read any of Robert Kara's biographies on Lyndon Johnson, what are your thoughts? Uh, other than a question, so thoughts on that. He said to talk about how many years the Democrats had major majorities in the Senate and how they held the House for a really long time. And I was wondering, uh, go back to then, that they were able to hold the majority in the House for as long as they did, when holding any party, holding the House and Senate for that long seems impossible now. The reason? Uh-huh. Because FDR was such a good goddamn president that he held together a coalition even after his death for 20 fucking years. The lesson? Elect the guy who's the closest to a socialist. Just bathe in the popularity. It'll be amazing. Do mm-hmm. it. Interesting. But that's really what it is. It was the New Deal coalition hung together for a long time after FDR's death. Um, uh, I would say... There was general bipartisan agreement about a lot of the New Deal crap. Um, you know, I, <laughs> throw foreign policy out from a domestic policy standpoint. A lot of those Republican presidents from like the 50s and, and 60s would have been, you know, left of the current Democrats um, with some of their support of social programs. Um, so there was a lot. I mean, there was a lot of factors, but ultimately it was uh, the same way that uh, Democrats now are still terrified of the ghost of Reagan um, and getting just completely destroyed in whatever it was, 84. Um, uh, 
the arch conservatives uh, and you know nutters originating here in Orange County, um, they were uh, terrified of um, uh, a very popular uh, leftist president again, uh, like FDR, and, and didn't want to hew too far away from what was obviously and clearly, broadly popular social programs that paid out money to the poor. So you you dislike most presidents. I never heard you. Uh, praise FDR like that. Well, FDR was bad in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> like I mean, that. well, I mean, he turned the Japanese. Um, he was himself a very wealthy man, but uh, in in uh, in one important respect, he was a class traitor um, in that he was a wealthy person who also wanted to steal money from all of his wealthy friends. Um, okay, and he was a he was a. A, a, a true politician who understood, you know, where power was um, and how to maintain power, um, be be really popular. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, as far as presidents go, I mean, he's definitely top five, uh, top okay. top three, top two. Uh, he's up there. Um, but no, they're all megalomaniac psychopaths, um, <laughs> and you know, should all be chained together at the bottom of a river, but. Uh, that being said, uh, he was, he one, was of the, one of the he better, was one of the better ones. Yeah. You want a megalomaniac who's on your side, at least. Um, and he, you know, for 70% of the people or so, was more or less on their side. Nice. Uh, we had a question, Alex, or I think he wrote this in the comments. I was going to ask Ryan, who obsessively tweets about USC football the way Jason Shear does about and UCLA basketball, and then I realized the answer is David. Um who obsessively tweets about USA football the way Jason Shear does? It? I think maybe, maybe meant about UCLA so, basketball. Uh, so all right, so Jason, uh, Jason, he 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 tweets uh, some trolling stuff about UCLA basketball. Oh, okay, uh, in a similar vein to the way I tweet about USC basketball or USC football. Yeah, you don't care about USC. I don't care about anything. The secret to my success is that you you just um, burn out any care in the world. Hmm. Don't even get married to your own opinions. Uh, and that way you just don't, you just fire them off and they're gone. Nice. You don't even have to think about them again. Uh, okay. Do you want to start? I think Hugh Janus is our first one. It's like, yes or no. Sure. Uh, where? okay. Uh, hi guys. It's your good pal, Hugh Janus. It has been a while since I wrote, but I wanted to check in now that the season is over. My buddy Haywood Jablomi and I came up with a few yes or no questions for you. So here goes. One, will Dante Moore be UCLA's starting quarterback in the 2023 season beginning from the first game on? Yes. Yes. Two, when UCLA and us Suck. dollar sign UC, I think, or is it just an S? That's just an S. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, I think you just got them transposed there a little bit. Uh, when UCLA, I guess we'll just read it the way it's it's <laughs> written. Suck. Get to the big uh, B1G, the Big Ten. We all know that one. Uh, in 2024... Uh, will the football officiating be any better than Pac-12 officiating has been? Yes, yes, but people will still complain at the exact same volume. Yeah, it's still su- it'll still suck, but no way it'd be worse. Three, does Phoenix size matter? Uh, yeah, I mean, size is one of those things. It matters. Okay. <laughs> you think so? I think so. Okay. I mean, if you're Doug Flutie or you're... What if you're you know, rocking a hockey puck? <laughs> oh, we're talking about Phoenix the player, not Penis the, the Yes. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. That's why I said, you know, Doug Flutie. I thought that was your name for your <laughs> Okay. Uh 
Uh, four. Uh, will Dave attend a live UCLA football or basketball home game before the end of this decade? Yes. Really? Unfortunately, I have to go to a basketball game in February. Wait, why? Eh, just scheduling issues. Okay. Uh, five. Will UCLA basketball make the Final Four this season? Mm, this is a tough one for you. Uh, I'm going to say no. I think the Pac-12 is just not as good as it was last year. Like last year, I would have said hard yes. Hard yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, six. Is UCLA and uh, Suck uh, moving to the Big Ten ultimately a good thing for both schools? No. Yeah, I'm going to say no. Um, wow. Well, because it's not – I'm saying for both. Like I don't think it's going to be good for UCLA. I don't think it's going to be good for either school. I think it'll be good for USC. No. Huh? Disagree. Short term, maybe money. Short term, money, money, short term for sure, but long term, no. Bad for both. What is it bad? Is it good for the show or bad for the show? It's horrible for the show. We don't. We have no idea what we're gonna do. I don't know. Uh, thanks for your time, and what I know will be thoughtful and meaningful answers to these burning questions. Love you both, Hugh Janus, and hey, would you blow me? Okay, thanks, Hugh and Hey. Uh, this is Washington NIL money from Rob, who's up in Seattle. Hey, boys. I'm interrupting, preparing my seven-month-old's dinner. To respond to something that Dave said in last week's podcast, clearly I have my priorities straight here. Last week, someone asked if- Hang the- on. What are you preparing for your seven-month-old is the real question there. So they're just starting with like basic solid foods. Yeah. So you're either opening a can or you are mashing things. <laughs> well- Rob, were you chewing food and then like spitting it into a cup? Like what was going like on baby here? bird thing? Yeah. Baby bird him. <laughs> nice. Maybe that's what he was doing. He was baby birding the food. Uh, Last week, someone asked if the new NIL deals meant that the Pac-12 teams could now compete with SEC-style recruiting money back east. Dave said the following response. At least he's telling us what you said because we would not remember. From an NIL perspective, he even quoted you. I wonder if he, like, transcribed this perfectly. From an NIL perspective, even with the West getting a little bit better with it, most of the schools are not competing at the level of some of these SEC powers. They're not paying at that level or promising to pay at that level. My mind immediately flashed to something most Washington fans listening have probably already heard of, but which may have uh, may not have trickled out into the greater Pac-12 universe. Washington quarterback's verbal commit is the most uh, recent recruiting cycle. Four-star Lincoln Kineholtz out of uh, Pierre, South Dakota. Pierre, South Dakota. Flipped late in the game to Ohio State after their QB commit flipped to another school. This loss was genuinely a bummer, but Kleinholt said something in his post-flip interview that really made Husky fans, Husky fans' ears peak up, perk up. He said the following, I think Washington had better NIL than Ohio State. I think I can go to Washington and get money, or I can go to Ohio State and be developed and then potentially reach my goal of going to the NFL. Well, it would be reasonable to hear this quote and think, ouch, shots fired at Washington. I think most Husky fans heard this and thought something along the lines of, holy shit, we have more NIL money to offer than Ohio State? Awesome. While Ohio State is not in the SEC, I think it's fair to throw them into the same boat in terms of their ability to recruit top talent at a national level. Also, I think it's fair to point out that it makes sense Washington would offer more money to their top quarterback target than the Ohio State University would to their second or third choice. But still, Washington offered more money to a blue-chip recruit than Ohio State. Apparently, our Amazon slash Microsoft cash is being put to good use. And this is coming from a public servant who wouldn't know anything about that kind of money. Anyway, just thought I'd share this interesting little tidbit. NIL may have helped 
to level the playing field somewhat in terms of recruiting against the big boys back east, even if it means they were having to overpay for these recruits' services. Love the pod. Thanks for all you guys do. Go dogs, Rob in Seattle. A lot of thoughts. Uh, that was a lot. Yeah, a lot of thoughts. Uh, one, you got to take a grain of salt with any recruit. The same thing we said the other day. He's just going a little bit more aggressive with it. But nobody's ever going to say, I went there because there was more money. Uh, you don't saying, look good when you say yeah, that. Yeah, so he's saying, oh, I'm going there for development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, they were going to pay me more because he's like really sensitive about it, maybe. Um, it may be true. Um, from what I understand about Ohio State's NIL, they're not very good at it. Um, they've not been one that's been talked about a lot as like um, uh, one with like a huge program like Tennessee. Like Tennessee's they, – <laughs> They got the NIL going, mm-hmm. uh, but Ohio State's, you know, they're they're still probably going to have a pretty robust uh, NIL network at the end of the day. Um, and I think with these nascent, uh, uh, these burgeoning uh, NIL programs that are happening at all of these West Coast schools, uh, again, Washington um, didn't really have a great cheating apparatus. Um, look, everyone cheats. All the West Coast schools cheated, too, but just at a very 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 yeah. very smaller level than uh the ones out east um so there isn't Arizona that ap- state to be fair cheated pretty pretty egregiously i mean they cheated in, yeah but they cheated in a way that was like this is just kind of really harm- this is yeah. just kind of harmful to people's health it's not actually paying them money <laughs> um but uh no but like all those things um they, they they don't have the apparatus for literally giving money to recruits whereas for the sec as we've been saying all this did was make it easier to do the thing that was already being done. Yeah. Um, whereas these schools off to like get past the idea, wait, is this cheating anymore or is it not? And if it isn't, okay. But we don't even have the donor base to do this yet. Um, so you'll see this occasionally as they're building these programs, especially with like a big-time quarterback commitment or a big-time quarterback recruit or whatever it is, where they'll suddenly get a lot of interest from their donors to like, okay, we can make a big offer for this guy. Or whatever, and see if they can build something around that. But it doesn't necessarily mean the entire the entire program is fully filled out, and that you're going to be able to spend that insane amount of money on like a defensive tackle the way Tennessee is. Right. Um, and so it's uh, you know it's in these fits and starts you're going to start to see them growing. Um, but again, I think you take what a, what anybody is saying publicly at this point with a grain of salt. Two, Ohio State is not really the hugest NIL competition right now. It truly is the SEC. Yeah. And three, yeah, Washington's going to build an NIL program because there's real fan interest in that program. USC is, too. UCLA is in the process of doing it. Um, But what you'll note about all those, and Oregon thrown in, those are also traditionally the powers in the Pac-12. These are the schools that have that interest already. What I think you're going to see shake out, end of the day, is that the the schools that were traditional powers and traditional recruiting powers are going to continue to be traditional recruiting powers. And those traditional recruiting powers tend to be, they're probably moving a little slower on NIL because they didn't need it. Like Ohio State didn't need to pay a lot of money because they were already recruiting at a high level. I think when Alabama and Nick Saban went after Texas A&M because they got a better class, it's like, well, Nick Saban didn't have to do that before. And then he's yelling at his boosters like, hey, we better start doing this now because we got to get back on top. So that could be part of it too. Uh, Real quick before you read the next one, Equity Bruin wrote in, hey guys, I just got a quick question. Can someone tell me how many Pac-12 teams are in Lunardi's most recent bracket and i don't know if he maybe doesn't listen to the show we don't talk about the non-revenue olympic sports on this one we only talk about football um so i'm not sure which one that is 
Um, um, uh, so uh, Equity Bruin is confused. Um, yeah. Once again, uh, the Pac-12 has two teams that are surely in, and then it has several uh, teams. Is this water polo? Several what are we teams, talking about? Uh, just several teams in what I like to refer to as the bubble crap. The bubble crap. Okay. Um, and now there are two more teams in the uh, right side of the bubble crap in Jonah Lunardi's uh, latest bracket, but they are still, in fact, in the bubble crap. Um, okay. So, so there's there's two teams that are truly in, and they're both you know going to be top eight overall seeds. Okay. And then there's a bunch of bubble crap that may or may not make the NCAA tournament. Ah, so so all right. that was your Olympic tweet, sports a tweet, moment. A tweet I wrote in December remains correct. The Pac-12 is going to have two tournament seeds. Okay. And then a whole bunch of shit. Seems exciting. That's why we don't talk about the Olympic sports here. Thank you. The Thank non- you for your time. The non-revenue Olympic sports. Thank you for your time. Uh, you're up next, I think. Am I? Mm-hmm. Who knew? <laughs> uh, this is from Andrew. Yeah. Uh, hello. I sent an email about the belt a few weeks ago. To clarify, the Huskies took the took the belt from the Ducks, who took it from BYU in week three and had it for an impressive three weeks. Speaking as uh, eight weeks, eight weeks. Sorry. Uh, speaking of the Ducks, Dan Lanning has only been in Eugene one year and did the most organ thing anyone could do. He went and got a tattoo of a neck tattoo. <laughs> also, <laughs> also, I don't believe it was pointed out that the boomerang on his wife's neck commemorates them meeting at an Outback Steakhouse. The tattoo was an odd choice, but a sweet gesture and fuck cancer. I sent an email the same day the LA schools announced they were leaving and it was never read. And because it's the offseason, I'm going to resend it. Here it is. If the Pac-12 head coaches never got into coaching, what career path would they have chosen? Oh, we sent this to Shane. Hang on. We did? Yes. Did we sent it to him on Twitter. I think I can find it. Hang on. Okay. Uh, so he said, maybe they'll send a bat signal to Shane for this one. Incidentally, has anyone done a wellness check on Hithliday? Haven't heard much from him recently. Peace, love, and harmony from Andrew. Did we? So we sent Shane this request. We did. Uh, I got to find it. And he hasn't responded? No, he did. I just have to find it. Oh. So he didn't respond is what you're saying. Hang on. <laughs> All right. Uh, here is Shane's response. Okay. Uh, gym teacher, 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 MLM scheme guru, and self-published author that got $800 to come talk at your mid-level manager offsite. Perfect. That was great. Perfect Shane. answer. Thank, thank you, Shane. Way to find that. That was yeah. good. Uh, Mike at Oakland has off-season questions. Hey, Brian and Rave. Uh, I don't think we've had that one before. Here are some off-season questions to help spark some witty banter and insights. One, did Caleb Williams get more than a million dollars in NIL to come to dollar sign C? Uh, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he had, like, but it wasn't like a, you don't want to give USC credit here. This was more, this is Caleb Williams getting money from big companies like he has beats he has a bunch of things like that it wasn't like usc was organized enough to like put a package together for him he could get it just because he's caleb williams uh because they're just not that organized so that's they're trying to but they're not and they Uh, certainly weren't a year ago no way that they they there was not yet all that stuff you think like you're giving them way too much credit that they could put together a bunch of money to bring someone yeah two uh should the ncaa and or college football establish a salary cap for college football to set a more even playing field. It requires them first allowing these guys to get paid for real via a salary. But right. yes, those things should happen because right now it is insane what is happening. And the main problem is the security for the players is not present and they are getting screwed. Uh, there's a lot of um, 
it's it's very wild west unregulated where uh guys are being told one thing then they arrive on campus and it's an entirely different deal and the problem is because the schools can't have an official capacity here and i'm not saying it all needs to be routed through the schools and they decide who gets doled out what but um because there's no official capacity and no regulatory body besides i guess the irs at the end of the day uh, you could have individuals operating on behalf of the university saying, yeah, I'm going to give you you know, $2 million. And they show up on campus. And I said, no, I said $2. Um, and it's just, you know, uh, some of the kids get screwed. And some of them, you know, they can exercise their leverage to avoid this happening. Jaden Rashada being one. Yeah. Uh, but some of them don't have that leverage. Some of them are getting offered, oh, I can get 50 grand if I go here. That'll set me up. Uh, you know, I can kick back 20 grand to my parents or whatever it is. Uh, and then they show up on campus, and it's like, no, you're getting your stipend, uh, and that's it. And we don't have any other money to give you. Sorry, you're shit out of luck. Uh, and that's the unfortunate part. Uh, if you make it all salaries, if you make it all agreed upon contracts, all this kind of stuff that can make it a little bit more above board. Because right now, still, a lot of these schools, um, every school that's participating in NIL is still operating in a gray area. Uh, because yeah. the NCAA has not clearly defined what they're ever even potentially going to punish. Um, so it's all a gray area. So everything is a little bit under the table still. Um, and there's still a little bit of like, oh, we can't say this explicitly because, you know, that might be considered an inducement or whatever. And the end result is things don't get in writing. There isn't a true contract and guys are getting screwed. Yeah. So, um, yes, there needs to be a little bit more regulation, not in a way that they're like, um, uh, encumbering, uh, guys from getting paid their fair market value, but, um, there should probably be two separate things in the same way there are in professional sports. There should be the salary you get for playing the sport. And then there are endorsements on top of that. Yeah. And those endorsements are negotiated contracts above board. Um, and those can happen at any time. And if they're inducements, they're inducements. Who gives a shit? What, what are we pretending that these aren't inducements? Like, of course they are. Uh, of course, when we talk about like I mean, any salary. Oh, any oh yeah. NIL is going to be an important factor for this recruit. What are we talking about? Yeah. The opportunities after they get in school, yeah, um, yeah sure. Uh, I guess that is what we're talking about. But um, we should all just be a little bit more transparent, a little bit more above board about this stuff, and then it'll be fair on the players. I mean, how ridiculous is it we have a sport that you can get paid, but the organization that you're going to play for is can't pay you, so it's some fringe organization that can promise things and you don't really have control over. And, yeah, it's it's pretty nutty. Yeah. Um, should the transfer portal be closed through the entire season until after the end of the college football playoff to incite players to participate in bowls playoffs? That wouldn't help. Um, I mean, just because you close the portal doesn't mean guys are going to, you know, well, it would have helped this year. I mean, like a guy like Keaton Slovis might've stayed with Pitt if he didn't have to enter the portal, um, in early December. Oh, because they closed the window, right? Yeah, so they open the they open the window right after the regular season is over in December, and then it stretches until mid January. But you can still wait to enter like after the stuff happens, right? Yeah, but if you're trying to do official visits, if you're trying to do all that stuff in that time period, and also get enrolled by the first semester by by January semester. Oh yeah, so so you kind of need it to be open so they can have an opportunity to play. You do, but it's also like from a timing perspective, it's it's a it's a little bit of a struggle, but. Um, it's pro player, so I'm okay with it. I'm pro um, player, yeah. So it's fine. And would giving players a stipend or bonus for bowl games uh, get more players to participate? I think probably they, and worth experimenting. They should do nil deals like the bowls can pay the players. Like they can be like hey. they got. A, I remember reading some bowl was like unclear on whether they could. 
Um, and that's, again, a thing that should be worked out where, like, no, every single player, instead of getting a gift suite, you're going to get 15 grand to participate in this game or 20 grand or whatever the hell it is. And then it's a real incentive to go and just participate. Um, yeah. You got to put in three weeks of practice and then, you know, put your body on the line. And it's still going to be a decision for some of these guys who are obvious NFL prospects, but it sweetens the pot a little bit. Sure. Um, and that should happen. And then will dollar sign C and F U C L A athletics get to keep their frequent flyer miles during the season? Should they fly commercial? I think they're going yeah. chartered. Maybe. Yeah. That would be awesome if they just all made the executive decision. No, I'm taking American airlines for all these. I want those points. Yeah. Give me those points. Right. Uh, thanks to go Cougs, Mike in Oakland. Hey, real quick before you jump to the next one. Um, is there some West Texas Mike? Is there a tweet you can point me to at Equity Brew and that'll catch me up on this intra-brewing rivalry you have with David Woods? Is there a rivalry? Because he no, he agreed it, with what you had said on the the political stuff, but said he wouldn't it's ever a, compliment you. It's a you. bunch of bullshit because um, Equity Brewing and everyone over there at No Truck Stops uh, they watch Pac-12 basketball for some reason. Um, in Olympic the same, sport, they the do same, an Olympic no, sports in podcast? the same way that like you and I and most sane people watch every single Pac-12 football game that's on. Yes, they do that also for basketball. But the problem is, holy crap, that doesn't pay off in any way. And the reason it doesn't pay off in any way is because Olympic most sports. of the league is absolute dog shit. <laughs> um, and watching like Washington State play non-conference games in uh, November is not going to help you understand Washington State getting its ass kicked or kicking the ass of Arizona in January. Hmm. Um, just doesn't. Uh, I don't need to know who Brendan Carlson is. Brandon Carlson. Don't know who he is. Brandy Car. I don't know. Um, Brandy Carlisle. Great I've been singer. No, I've been to more Pac-12 basketball games this year than you have, for sure. Correct. Um, all you need to do is have a general sense of what the other league teams are doing. Uh, watch your own team, the one you have to, uh, and then watch the games they play against those teams and say, oh, yeah, that, that team sucks. So I think, so if I'm getting this right, he's okay with me not talking about basketball because he knows I don't really care, but he knows that you are a basketball person uh -huh. and, and still I, won't talk well, I think, about I think, basketball. I think it's, well, no, I think it's 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 two things. One, I talk shit about this on, on Twitter, and I, <laughs> I talk shit about everyone else in the league. Then they call me out for not watching the games, of which I say, yeah, I don't. Um, and and yet still, my analysis is uh, significantly more correct most of the time than uh, than than Mr. Equity Bruins. And I think it's frustrating. I think it's frustrating. Uh, but I think it's because the value gained from watching also comes with the noise of watching. Gotcha. Because you watch enough Utah basketball, you'll convince yourself, oh, these scrubs I'm watching, they're actually good. They're not good. No, no they're not. They're not. They are not. Uh, their coach is pretty good. They play as a team, but th they themselves individually are not very good. Mm. Um, so anyway, this has been too much basketball talk. And also, we got to rapid fire these in like three minutes because I got to go. Okay, you, you're next. All right, this is from Amy. Hello, Dave and Ryan. Uh, Redshirt 101. I appreciated your recap show going over your picks versus actual. As a math teacher, it's always good to look at the theoretical versus experimental probabilities. I heard a thing that I've never heard before, a Redshirt Junior. I think this is when the Utah was playing... Oregon State, and they mentioned one of their players was a redshirt junior. Now, I've heard of a redshirt freshman, but I thought it was only for freshmen, which leads me to my question, what defines a redshirt player? Can a player be a redshirt for multiple years? Does being a redshirt affect the number of scholarships the school can give out each season? What's the difference between a redshirt freshman and a true freshman? Go Utes. All right, Amy, very simple. 
Uh, guys are called a redshirt junior, redshirt sophomore, redshirt senior, redshirt freshman for every single year after they took their redshirt year. Yeah. Um, so a guy can take his redshirt year at any time. Uh, he can take it as a freshman, true freshman. That's the most common one. He can take it for an injury. Uh, he can take it um, if he doesn't figure he's going to play uh, his sophomore year after playing some spot minutes his first year, whatever it is. Um, every year after that, he's called a redshirt sophomore, junior, senior to delineate that he's different from a true sophomore, true junior, true uh, senior. And the best way to read it is uh, whatever year a sophomore is supposed to be, a redshirt sophomore is a third-year sophomore. Yeah, Redshirt is filling the gap for third-year. Uh, a fourth-year junior is a redshirt junior. A fifth-year senior is a redshirt senior. It's just to show that he's taken another year of eligibility already. You can only redshirt once unless you get a medical hardship waiver, which is not necessarily a redshirt, um, and then you might get six years. But uh, they, they can redshirt at any time, uh, but you only get one. And unfortunately, the, the COVID year gave a free year to everybody, so that makes the Makes it all much more confusing. complicated. We're all figuring out how to write that. Um, I think we've taken to using a plus sign for a guy who still has another year after his year, but um, some guys have done like a super junior or a super senior or whatever yeah. it is. Um, but there's different ways of writing it. But and some schools don't even like look at you. They're only Stanford. Look at Stanford <laughs> screws everyone because uh, in their notes, every time if in their game notes, they only write their class year. They don't actually uh, tell year. you their athletic eligibility. Yes. Uh, they do this to be frustrating in Stanford. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that very simply, that's what the redshirt situation is. We have a text message. Gentlemen, can you give me any reason to think that the Pac-12 will not be an absolute bloodbath next season? There are at least five teams that probably have the talent to compete for a slot in the playoff, but with many of the top teams and likely at least three, maybe four tier two teams, how the hell is Utah, USC, Oregon, Washington, or Oregon State going to navigate this conference with a, a zero to one losses? Who got the best shot at based on all the factors? Hope I'm wrong, but... It seems a tall order with the talent level. It should be a great swan song for the conference regardless. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, I think this is going to be one of the better years of the Pac-12 in recent memory. There's going to be a lot of really good teams. I think it's going to be a ton of fun to watch. And unfortunately, the the floor, there might be a couple of god-awful teams, but the, the teams that were, there was a lot more god-awful teams last year, so there was less crossover of the bottom teams beating the top teams. There could be more of those teams that happening which gives it a little bit more parity, and then, like he said, makes it harder for someone to go undefeated or just one loss. Right. All right, this is from Sean. Uh, last one. Uh, hi, guys. Sean from Ohio. Gents, with the Pac-12 returning to the Pac-10 shortly, I've been thinking about the future of the conference. I think the conference does one of three things moving forward, which are, one, does not expand. Allows college football to morph into whatever it decides to be and tries to fit in at a later date. Even if Oregon and Washington leave, the conference could survive, obviously at a lower level with eight, and maybe in the future consider option two below, which is... Uh, two, tries again to expand. San Diego State seems like a fit because of location. If so, does the conference need to add Fresno too, or is that redundant with the SoCal thing? Why do people see Boise State as a candidate? I don't think they bring a thing to the table and have regressed into a marginal football program. Is it time to think outside the box? UNLV, Air Force, SMU? Uh, three, this might seem drastic, but if Oregon and Washington leave and the Arizona Mountain Schools follow by moving into the Big 12, does that uh, that does not leave the conference with much. Would Stanford and Cal consider a move to the Ivy League? Is disbanding the conference a sign of failure or a sign of smart people figuring out how they got uh, figuring out they got their butts beat in this expansion saga and moving on without further casualties and missed payouts they need to pay back? Could not think of anything else to write about uh, sit while sitting here in a work conference call. We're helping uh, production in this country. That's true. Uh, work That's production. We um, I don't. I kind of think there's going to be an expansion with San Diego State. Maybe that's it. Maybe another one. But that, that's sort of where I'm leaning towards now. What do you What do you think? Um. 
yeah, I mean, I think that's probably worthwhile. I think they probably should. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the the next ten years is a really really tough thing to figure out. Um, is there going to be further uh, um, uh, consolidation, or are these things going to explode? Um, you know, is it going to quickly become apparent to UCLA and USC that the Big Ten is not a fit? Um, is it going to become quickly apparent to Texas and Oklahoma that the SEC is not a fit and that they're not going to have their run of dominance and whatever they might like the money? Uh, the reality is those programs like to win. Um, and, you know, looking at UCLA and USC, I still think there's going to be a big competitive hit both of those programs take going to the Big Ten. How's that going to sit, especially at USC, when, you know, their best years are like 10 and 2 because they're playing shitload of road games across the country every year yeah could so, be so we'll see we will see all right well that's gonna wrap it up i know david has to go we went a very long time hour and 44 minutes in the off season and uh with nothing really to talk about but we still did thanks everyone for tuning in to the podcast of champions we'll try to do these every week we'll try to keep a consistent time we'll figure that out but we say that and we probably won't do it but just you know the intent is there or the desire is there maybe not the intent <laughs> Uh, for David Woods, I'm Ryan Avery. I hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Ha! Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!